Welcome to Strategy Simplified, episode 174. In this episode, we're sharing a recent training on the five rules of networking for consulting. If you blindly apply for a business analyst role at McKinsey via the firm's online portal without networking, chances are slim to none that you'll hear back, much less receive an invite to interview. The same is true for over 95% of consulting firms. Today, Naman and Stephanie share the who, what, when, where, and why of networking. You'll walk away with a clear plan of what you need to be doing to ensure that you talk to the right people and set yourself up for success in the process. After the training, we'll answer a listener question about breaking into consulting out of an engineering program. Let's get into it. Here's really the foundation of networking. It's these five rules, right? You need to be talking to the right person at the right time, at the right firm, in the right location for the right position. And we're going to go over all these rules here in a second. So let's first cover the right person. So who is the right level? What is the right level to target? Stephanie, who, sh- who should folks be talking to? You should be talking for, to people that have the job that you want. So it only makes sense. Uh, and, and, you know, Naman's going to go through how this process works. But, you know, folks that currently have the job that you want in the firm are the ones that make that first decision for who to interview. And so when you, when you want to have a voice in the room, you want to have an advocate in the room, it needs to be the right person. And so you may think that it may make the most sense to just go for the most senior person you can get on the phone. But in reality, you know, it's, it's the folks that have the position that you want that you need to be talking to. Stephanie, that's the most consulting answer I've ever heard. I pretty much just hear you saying it depends. <laughs> it depends on where you're at and what job you are. No, that's that's such good insight. If you are a pre-MBA, and what that means is if you are an undergraduate right now or you're in a one-year master's program, you fall into the pre-MBA category. And so if that's you, you need to be talking to business analysts or associate consultants, every firm titles their level something different. We'll get into that in a second too. But you need to be talking to those pre-MBA folks. Our rule of thumb is talk to someone who's just one to two years ahead of where you are right now. So if you're going for an entry-level full-time business analyst role, then you should be talking to someone who's been in that role for one to two years, right? And that's you if you're an undergraduate or in a one-year master's program. If you are an MBA, PhD, MD, JD, or any other advanced degree candidate, then you want to network at that post-MBA level, right? So that's any, so for example, at McKinsey, as Stephanie could well tell you, right, that title is called associate. Uh, BCG calls it something different. Bain calls it something different. Um, But that post-MBA level, one to two years into the role is who you want to be talking to, right? If you are an experienced hire, with less than three years of experience, you're also included in that pre-MBA category. If you're an experienced hire with three to five plus years of experience, you're counted in the post-MBA category, right? Very rarely do these consulting firms onboard folks right at the engagement manager level, unless you're already coming in from 
a different consulting firm and you have management consulting experience. But if you don't have formal management consulting experience, it's very difficult for you to slot in on that engagement manager level and assign work streams and manage the client, manage the partner, everything that a manager has to do. So uh, for most people on this call, uh, manager is not the right position for you to be reaching out to. In actuality, and Stephanie was an engagement manager at McKinsey, she could tell you this better than I can, right? Manager is the busiest role in the firm, right? You're, you're managing the client, you're managing your analysts and your associates, and you're managing the partner who just wants to play golf all day, right? And so you are the busiest person in the firm, right? Kind of the fulcrum for, for all of these projects. Uh, and so you don't want to be reaching out to managers. Um, they will be involved in the interview process. Um, depending on your level, they'll either be uh, giving you your first round interview or perhaps your final round interview. Uh, and then partners, same thing. At this point in the game, they do not want to be involved in the networking or, rec or recruiting process. They want to walk into a final round interview. They want to give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. That's about it, right? And so if you don't know a partner, our recommendation is not to reach out to them. If you have a connection, right? You're a friend of your friend, right? A, uh, you know, mom's best friend, right? Uh, an aunt, an uncle, of course, right? If you have a connection to a partner, leverage it. They can fast track the referral process for you. But if you have no prior connection, uh, that's not where we would start the networking process. Recruiters, same thing. So inside of consulting, HR recruiting is much more of an administrative role an administrative function than it is a decision-making one. Uh, and so that's no knock on recruiters or HR. It's just the way that things are set up. Uh, and so the actual consultants at your level are the ones who make the decision about who gets an interview. Recruiters are not those people. They, Naman, how do you figure out what, the, what, what those people are at the firm that I want? We're going to get into that, Stephanie. Uh, but here's the short answer. You figure it out uh, via LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. right? We're going to so, get to that in a few minutes, Arthur. Yes, we're going to get into it in a, in a few minutes. And so um, I'll just quickly voice it over now. Um, on our consulting firm directory, and, and I'll pop a link into that um, during our break and also send you when we send out the recording afterwards, which you all will get, um, we'll include the link in the email as well. Um, but inside of our consulting firm directory, we have 200 consult, like a breakdown of the roles and the levels and the practice areas of 200 consulting firms. And so if you don't know what the pre-MBA level is called at Bain, you can go to our consulting firm directory and find that. Then you can go run a search on LinkedIn for that title inside of the offices that you're targeting. And so you can very quickly figure out, oh, Stephanie, you're amazing. You just popped it into the chat. So you can then just very quickly figure out, okay, this is the person that I need to be talking to because they're in the Denver office and they're in the role that I'm applying for. And then after you figured out their name, you come back to the firm directory and you plug their name into the, the, the email moniker, the email template that we have in that firm's listing. So for example, Baines is first name dot last name at Bain.com. And so if you can find the person on LinkedIn that's in the office you're targeting and at your level, you can then plug their name into that email moniker and boom, you're good to go. 
and so some of you may be thinking, wait, I wouldn't just write them on LinkedIn. The answer is no, and we'll get into why in a little bit. But uh, at a high level, that's the process you're going to go through to figure out who is the right level for you. So LinkedIn's your best friend here. All right, so we've determined who we're reaching out to, who the right level is. It's not partners. It's not recruiters. I'll just tell a quick story here. I think we recently shared this uh, with our email list as well. So some of you might have seen it. Um, but we had someone, a client years ago, who said, okay, I get what you're saying, but I still want to reach out to a partner. And I don't just want to reach out to any partner. I'm going to reach out to the most senior female partner at Bain. And she wrote her and followed up. And she actually got a call with this, with, with this partner. Um, and so after she got the call, she got rescheduled on like four or five different times, right? Every time the call was about to come up, the partner would reschedule. Hey, something came up. A meeting came up. I'm so sorry. I can't talk today. And so we eventually told her, okay, when you get this woman on the phone, the most important thing that you can do is set an agenda uh, and, and just from the very beginning, convey executive presence. We're going to talk about that in the elevator pitch section uh, later on today. And after the, this partner heard the elevator pitch, heard the agenda, she cut, her, she cut our client off and said, I don't need to hear anything else. Tell me what you want. And she said, well, I want an interview. She said, great, I'll have my assistant set it up for you. That was the call. And so again, partners can fast track the process for you, uh, but chances are you're not gonna get on the phone with them. Uh, and so just, just a, one of my favorite stories, a testament to the power of networking, the power of persistence. We'll be right back after this quick message. If you're listening to this and thinking, I really need some guidance when it comes to networking, then you're in the right place. We have a team of former McKinsey, Bain, and BCG consultants that have successfully navigated the networking process to break into the world's top consulting firms and are happy to help you do the same. Over a one-on-one, -on -one, 30 minute Zoom call, they'll help you craft a focused networking strategy to get you on the phone with the right people at the right position inside your target firms. The link to purchase is in the show notes. In addition, if you like what you heard today, join us for a networking intensive this June. In this live three hour training, we'll go into much more detail on all things networking, like how to write a networking email that gets opened, how to hone your elevator pitch, how to prepare informational interview questions, and more. The link to register for this is in the show notes. All right, so we've talked about the right level. What about the right time, right? If you are at that pre-MBA level, undergraduate or specialty masters, then your interviews are happening in early fall, right? And so now is the time to be networking. Your applications are due this summer. And if you're US-based, these are gonna be the earliest application deadlines we've ever seen for undergraduate hires. McKinsey's already announced that their first deadline for undergraduates in North America uh, is middle of July, uh, which is crazy to me and the earliest that, that we've ever seen it. Uh, and so if you're at that level, the time to be networking is now. If you are second year MBA, so you're re-recruiting or you didn't recruit for uh, consulting in your first year, your interviews are also in that August, September timeframe. The time for you to be networking is now. 
if you're an experienced hire, firms are actually looking for you right now, like right this minute. Um, McKinsey, BCG, Deloitte, I've heard from contacts at all of the firms that they are actively hiring and, and looking for experienced hires right now. If you are an incoming MBA, so you're starting this fall, your interviews are in January. And so your application deadlines are typically in October, November. You still wanna be networking now for a couple of reasons. Number one, the first year of, or the first semester of your MBA program is always crazy. It's, it's a big adjustment. Do yourself a favor and do some of this legwork now. Get your resume ready, start networking. You'll be miles and miles ahead of your peers who aren't even thinking this way right now. And then you can leverage those connections when it comes time to apply in October, November, uh, and really, you know, not have to balance networking and, and doing all of this at the same time, you're balancing your core classes and, and the core curriculum of a first semester MBA program. Uh, and so the takeaway from this slide, no matter who you are, no matter where in the world you're at, no matter what level you're at, the time to contact folks is now. All right. So here's kind of the breakdown of the seasons, right? And so in the summer, right? If you can catch folks who aren't on vacation, right? You've got a better chance of getting in touch with someone. Why, right? Their work is slowest during the summer months, right? For full-time roles, kind of hiring targets are set by the beginning of August. Uh, consultants are dealing with interns, right? So they're already used to kind of doing non-core work. Uh, and so in the summer, things are more chill, they're, you're dealing with interns, whether in the office or remotely. Client work's always slowest during the summer, um, right? If you can catch people that aren't on vacation, it's a great time to catch them. So again, starting now, you should be reaching out to folks. In the fall, no bueno, no bueno. It's not a good time to be reaching out to folks. Um, it's insanity with client work. Q3 is always the busiest for client work. Um, it's insanity for recruiting season, like I already mentioned. Um, undergraduates, master students, full-time, uh, second-year MBAs, right? It is peak recruiting season for those groups, right? And so, like, it's all hands on deck for campus events, for target schools. It's all hands on deck to actually run the interviews. Uh, and so, you don't necessarily want to be reaching out to folks then. That's not the frame of mind that they're in. They have the least amount of free time in the fall, all right? In the winter, you can kind of get lucky, uh, but again, end of year hiring is honestly pretty limited at, at most of these firms. Um, if it's happening in a certain year, um, right, then what you want to do is reach out to folks kind of in that two to three week period between Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, and, right, catch them then when client works a little bit slower, but they're still plugged in. Uh, and then you can set up interviews for, for mid-January when everybody's kind of back and, and rolling. Uh, but that really is not the best time to re be reaching out to folks either. Uh, and that guidance only really applies for experienced hires who are ready to onboard uh, in Q1 of the next year, All right? Spring, again, we're kind of coming into the tail end of this season now is when a lot of the backfill hiring happens, like I've already mentioned. Uh, it's also where a lot of the growth oriented hiring happens, like I've already mentioned, right? So firms are doing both of those things right now. Here's our guidance. Pick six firms to start with. My, my guidance is pick two from the boutique category, two from the big four category, and two from MBB. Going through the process for six firms as opposed to one or two 
is not that much more work. But you're going to get a chance to practice networking. You're going to get a chance to identify which firm is going to be the best fit for you if you start with six firms on your target list. Um, our guidance is start networking at the boutique level, kind of practice there where the stakes are lowest, then move up to big four, and then end with MBB. So pick six firms, two from each category. All right, so now we've answered why the firm. Stephanie, do you want to talk about kind of what the importance of office locations are and, and what you would encourage folks to consider as they're trying to rank their top office choices? Yeah, a lot of people think when they start to, to apply for these positions that they're going to be at an advantage if they say, I'll work wherever you want me to. You know, I'm, I'm undecided. Uh, I have no preferences, but that's just, that's not the way that the process works. You are going to be expected to apply to a location. Some firms as a part of the application process will allow you to preference up to three locations. As many slots as they have, you should have an answer for unique locations that you would be excited and willing to work at. Now, just being excited and willing to work at isn't quite the full picture though, right? I mean, of course you have to include that aspect of where do you wanna live? Um, you've gotta think about work authorization where you have a right to work, of course. Um, and you work, you know, you can have conversations with recruiters and understand more about the application process if some firms are, you know, allowing to um, be a part of that process with you. But in general, they're expecting you to already have that work authorization. And then, you know, kind of where have you been? Where do you have experience? Um, you know, there for you to apply to an office where you have no background experience or familial connections or, you know, et cetera, um, it just is not, it, it doesn't make a strong case. And it doesn't give you a strong foundation and platform to build off of to start building those networking connections and relationships moving forward. So, um, you know, with that, we've got a few different factors there for how to go about making that decision. But what I want you to know and take away, right, that you need to make you need to make a decision. Being undecided or having no preference is um, is not looked upon favorably. And then at, at McKinsey, for example, you preference three offices and you should have three different offices that you are willing and, and able to work in there. As you go through this initial networking process before you have to actually submit the application, you're going to be able to judge which of those are your strongest bets based on the, the strongest connections that you are able to make in those locations. So when you actually get to the point of an application, part of all this pre-work in terms of networking will allow you to put that top office on your list where you have the, where you got the referral or where you feel like you have the strongest sponsor, where you feel like you'd have the strongest advocate in the room. I'll just say this. Uh, I think Stephanie mentioned it, but I'll reiterate it. If you, out of your top three offices, really don't have a preference, for where you want to go, the tiebreaker is where you have the strongest sponsor. And so where you feel like you have the best relationship, that should determine your top choice office. And that's going to maximize your chances. What's not acceptable as you're making office choices, and you know we've already alluded to this, but if you want to work, for example, in Seattle or San Francisco, but you've never been there and you've never worked there. And someone asks you, why do you want to be based in Seattle? And you say, well, Sleepless in Seattle is my favorite movie, right? Or I've always wanted to be based in Seattle. I hear it's beautiful out there. Uh, that's not an acceptable answer. 
uh, as someone asks you why you want to be based in that office. And so you either have had to at least been there on vacation or work there or have a family or friend connection there. Uh, and so as things open up, like if you think that you want to be based in a specific city and you have not been there, uh, take a weekend trip there. So you have a story to tell about why you want to be in that city. That would be my recommendation uh, for you if you're targeting, targeting a city you've not been to before. Okay, so just to wrap up, we should all now know where we fit because we know the right level to reach out to, the right firm, the right location, the right time, right? And so we're following all of these rules to figure out where we fit. Welcome back to another segment of After Office Hours. We've really been enjoying uh, receiving your questions and answering them here live on the show. And so if you've got a question relevant to um, getting into consulting or just anything related to consulting, really, we'd love to get your questions. So you can uh, just send it to podcast at managementconsultant.com. And we love getting your voice messages. So just record a quick note on your phone and send that in. Today's question is from Yasmina from Lebanon. Yasmina, we appreciate you sending in your question. And to answer it is Naman, our COO. Naman, are you ready for this? Bring it on. Okay, here it goes. Can I make it to consulting from a low-ranking engineering school? I've recently graduated from a non-top-tier engineering school, and I'm finding it difficult to be accepted for interviews. I really want to know if I have a chance to break in. Yasmina, that's a great question. The short answer to your question is yes, you have a chance. Consulting firms love candidates with engineering backgrounds because you have demonstrated quantitative analysis ability, you think in numbers, you're detail-oriented. There's a lot that consulting firms like about engineering candidates and engineers. Here's probably where you're going wrong. If I had to guess, you're just applying blindly online without first networking. And so what you need to do is identify target firms identify target offices within those firms, and then start reaching out to folks at the level in the target offices of the firms that you're applying to. So for example, if you're applying for a associate consultant role, then you need to start talking to associate consultants inside of your target offices. We have a lot of detail around networking on our website. We'll include some resources in the show notes, but the long and short of it is that you need to network and you need to get a referral to maximize your chances of landing an interview. You have the skills, you have the ability to be a good consultant. So you have to make sure that those skills, your ability to drive impact are not only represented on your CV, but that someone inside the firm is also convinced that you can do the job. Yes, Mina, if you continue to have difficulty navigating the recruiting process, shoot us an email at team at managementconsulted.com. Our expert team would love to work with you on your resume and to help you build a personalized networking strategy. Awesome. Thanks, Daman. Yasmina, uh, we hope that was helpful for you and we really appreciate you sending in your question. Okay, well, that's it for this week's session of After Office Hours. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you again next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode on networking. If you need help developing a networking strategy as you get ready to apply, reach out for help. 
Our team of MBB coaches can work with you to develop a personalized networking strategy over a 30-minute Zoom session. The link is in the show notes. In addition, we'd love if you took 30 seconds out of your day to rate and review the podcast to help us get the word out to more listeners. Thanks in advance. We'll be back next week with more great content.